Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine. Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight. I'm Sandy Jones, publisher of Christian Living Magazine and host of this show, where each week we take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you'll find in the pages of Christian Living Magazine, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. This show has been made possible by a grant we received through a local foundation, and I'd like to take this opportunity to thank them because without their support, there would be no Christian Living Spotlight. You might recall that a few weeks ago, Bart Cochran of Leap Housing joined me right here on Spotlight. Bart and Leap Housing's story is the cover story for our May-June edition of Christian Living Magazine. And Bart and I had such a great time, we got all the way through the interview and we only got through half of the stuff we wanted to talk about. So as we were leaving the studio that day, I said, hey, Bart, will you come back in a few weeks while the magazine's still on the stands so that we can complete this conversation? And Thank you so much. You agreed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. So thanks for coming back. But you brought a couple of friends today. I did. Yeah. Two very important people in my life. So joining us today in the studio is Pastor Megan Manlove of Trinity Lutheran Church and Pastor Joe Bankard of from Cole. I'm sorry, from Collister. I don't know why I do that every time. <laughs> Collister United Methodist Church. So thank you guys for bre- for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. I, it was short notice. We put this all together on Tuesday. Becca, we about worked her to death. She's a great sport. Someday I'm going to have to buy back a lunch because I've worked her really hard twice now. Mm-hmm. So how are you guys? Doing great. I told you, that's the toughest question I'm going to ask today. How are you? <laughs> so, Bart, for anyone who missed our show last time you were on, would you just give us a quick synopsis? What is Leap Housing? What do you guys do? Sure. After about a decade and a half of real estate yeah, experience, you know, doing sort of the private sector housing work, I just felt compelled in 2016 to work towards how do we leverage those real estate skills in a way that will really serve our community better? So for me, it was a, a leap of faith, uh, sort of a, a living out of my convictions. And um, we decided to use all those skills and leverage them in a way that we could create new housing opportunities in the community. And so Leap Housing today is a nonprofit that I lead and I was the founder of. And we provide a, a variety of opportunities for people to be able to access housing. And by and large, we would consider ourselves inventory focused. So we're an organization that's thinking about how do we create the next housing opportunity for somebody in the community to be able to access housing that would otherwise be either challenged to access housing by means alone. It's probably the biggest area that we focus on is just the cost of housing is so expensive um, that means are a challenge. So how do we right size the cost of housing with the dollars uh, that are able to be able to be accessed to that? And then also folks that might have barriers. Um, so helping people overcome those barriers to be able to access housing. And your website, we're going to talk about that here in a minute at, at, towards the end. But your website's really clear too. And it makes it so easy to find out if you qualify or or if you might qualify. Mm-hmm. There, it's You're articulate about that. You know, here's the income, here's the handicaps, here's the different challenges that you might face, and and let us know if we can help you. Exactly, yeah. We sort of envision it as like a 
tool belt with a variety of tools. And so uh, you might be on a track, uh, even, you know, dreaming about becoming a homeowner. There might be a track that you're going to, you may uh, be looking for just a secure, permanent place to live, a a rental housing uh, that we might be able to offer. Or you might be living in a place that there's fear of being um, displaced uh, because there's maybe a sale of the property. We might be able to come in and help preserve that housing project. So we have these sort of different lanes that we articulate on the website uh, to help people understand how they can fit within the work that we do. That's that's and what you guys do is phenomenal. I I just love that. So Megan, we're gonna we're gonna jump over to you. Do you prefer Megan or I should have asked this before we started recording? Megan's fine. Okay, cool. You know, 20 years ago, I couldn't speak a full sentence in front of pastors. And today, I I don't even think. that. And sometimes I mean no disrespect by not addressing your titles. So you guys at Trinity Lutheran have started Trinity New Hope, which is affordable housing. Now, I may have the understanding wrong, but it's my understanding those homes are rented. They are. They're rentals. So yep. you have you have 16 of them? We have 16. They were built in the 1990s um, by the Sisters of Mercy, the same sisters who started Mercy Hospitals, which are part of St. Alphonsus. And then um, Mercy wanted to kind of get out of this geography in 2014, so they called us and asked about purchasing the land from us because it was part of a 50-year ground lease agreement. And we said, well, let's look at this. We know that we still need affordable housing and we might want to have some control over the properties. And we know that that was a need. And that was a long time ago, 2014. Um, the housing market's changed even since then. Dramatically, yeah. So I pulled a group of people together, um, really smart people. We were blessed with a CPA and real estate agent. We connected with a local attorney who knew a lot about property taxes and all of that in Canyon County, which was helpful. And we first created an LLC and then a, and then transitioned it into a 501c3. So yeah, those are all rentals. They're all three bedroom, two bathroom. And they're beautiful. Yes. So I was, I was all over your website too. And you have, I love the video. Mm, I love the you. video. And the gal that closes out, it's a testimony. She's just like, she so inspired me. She inspired me interviewing her. And our property manager always knows exactly who I should interview and whose stories are just the best. And it's a lot of hard work. <clears throat> I mean, property management is not always easy. And um, so that's part of our story. We have to self-manage. But every year when I do those interviews, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is why we do it. Yeah, she was she was inspiring. I was just like, I want to be her friend. Yeah, <laughs> she would like that probably. So this is so so is this part of the leap housing program or is no, nope. So we started um, before Yigby really got off the ground and did it on our own. But now I serve on the leap board and on the Yes in God's Backyard task force panel, whatever we are. I don't know, <laughs> working group um, to encourage more churches from around um, Idaho to do what we did. So let's talk about that. You used a phrase, and we mentioned it, Gay mentioned it in the article, the yes in, in God's backyard. I also live in Canyon County, and, and we have a lot of affordable housing going up, multiple family dwellings and all of that. And on certain forms of social media that will remain nameless, I see a lot of this not in my backyard attitude. And so I want to address that because yes, in God's backyard shows that the church can partner in these things and make it 
a blessing all the way around for the entire community. So let's talk about that philosophy, if you can, for just a minute. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I can just use I statements or we statements for what it has been like at Trinity. Um, I don't know. I don't want to speak for other people, but for us, um, there has been a real power to proximity to having the homes on our backyard um, because, first of all, we've gotten to know those neighbors, so they're not those people anymore. They're our neighbors. And it reminds us every time we drive into the parking lot, you know, that that's part of our mission and it's part of what it means to love our neighbor. Um, So we take that mandate pretty seriously and that that doesn't just mean, I mean, it means loving our neighbor, the cash register who checks us out, the person who lives next door to us, but it also might mean somebody on the other side of the community or the world. Uh, So anyway, yes, it's hard. It's just, it's hard to define it. I get it. Yep. I get it. But yes, I see the the positive influence the church has had on this. So, yep. so we're going to jump across the table here. I, I wish our listeners could see us. We're sitting around this table, and so I'm I'm physically turning now, so I can talk to, to Joe, Pastor Joe. Yes, I, I just wanted to speak briefly to the yes in God's backyard. I think theologically, it's important. You know, if you're a believer and you're listening to this. Um, it seems to me that everything we have is God's, yep. whether it's my time, my money, it's not mine. It's, it's all God's. We're just stewards. And so a real question we have to ask in our private lives, but also as church communities is, what would God have me do with this land? What would God have me do with my resources? How do we use this to further the kingdom? And I think that that's ultimately the motivation behind yes in God's backyard. Um, it's not about building walls or barriers or keeping people out. It's about really saying this is God's. How do we how do we build bridges? How do we open doors? And how do we open our arms uh, to those that are really in need? And I think that that's trying to change the logic from not in my backyard to yes in God's backyard. Well, and something I you know, free, the staff, certain staff members from the Boise Rescue Mission are, are frequent flyers here. We that that is a mission that we support a lot with Christian Living Ministries. But one of the things that we talk about frequently is sometimes those people in need that doesn't that does not translate to deadbeat. We just we're just coming out of COVID. We are now officially post COVID. COVID happened to a lot of people. It happened to Stephen Sandy Jones. It happened to a lot of people, and it left people who may have been on a really firm foundation to begin with, no pun intended, hurting financially. Absolutely, and it and it. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless of what the mainstream media wants to tell you, it really, we saw a huge influx in homelessness yep. here in our community to due to no fault of their own. So yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's helping those people back onto a solid foundation again. So Joe, how did you, how did you learn about LEAP and how did you get involved? Yeah, so I pastor Collister United Methodist Church. I took over about seven years ago and we had a little plot of land out behind our parking lot. It's a quarter of an acre, and it's been sitting there. It's been a United Methodist Church since 1913, so over 100 years. It's It was a bunch of weeds, and so we began thinking as a church, and we have a church council, what can we do to use this land? How would God have us use this, this resource? And so uh, housing was not even 
a consideration. It seemed daunting. We did, you know, we're a pretty small congregation. We don't have much in the bank or a lot of resources. And so it was things like maybe we have a community garden. We got estimates about turning it into a park and with some shade, we could do some potlucks after church. We looked into all sorts of things. And then I had a parishioner uh, suggest I look into housing and I thought I can't property manage. I don't know the first thing about building affordable housing. And he said, well, talk to Bart Cochran. And so I thought, okay. And I sort of tucked it away. And then another United Methodist pastor, Dwayne Anders uh, at the cathedral mentioned Bart to me again. And I thought, you know, I gotta, I gotta talk to this guy. And so I sat down with Bart and through that one conversation over coffee, it became clear that this was possible because ultimately uh, partnering with leap, we, our church decided ultimately to lease the land, which means 50 years from now, the future church is going to get that land back with the assets. But for the next 50 years, it would be used for affordable housing. But once we do that leap, ultimately raises the funds, oversees the project. They do the property managing. The church has been set free ultimately just to love the neighbors that moved in. And so we have, uh, now two rentals, uh, three bedroom, two bath uh, homes right on our property, right on the other side of the parking lot. And it's been a beautiful experience. But but partnering with Leap, hearing all that they take on showed me that it was absolutely feasible. And um, if you are, you know, if you're part of a church and you're listening to this, I promise you it's possible. You can do it, right? I needed lay folks to drive the bus. I had two prominent people on the church council one uh, ha- is with Catch, uh, who helps with w- homelessness, and another is a lawyer helping to keep people in their homes, um, so ultimately fighting against uh, the misuse of renters. And so both of them care deeply about affordable housing, and they helped really push the congregation towards this. So you might be a layperson listening to this. You have more influence and power than you think. And uh, anyway, it's been a wonderful decision uh, for our church. And and it's so that's that was my next question. How has it worked for your church? Do, do you find that your church members have worked hard, diligently, intentionally to include those families? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, let me just say, early on, you know, there was pushback. There's concerns. Uh, this is a long-term use of the land. What do we do with these neighbors that are so close? We could use it for something else. All the things that churches go through. Um, but I can tell you now, after the project's been complete, all of those concerns have vanished. You wouldn't find a single person at Collister that isn't excited, that doesn't think we did the right thing. We got young families that moved in. You come in on a Sunday, you see kids riding their bike in your parking lot, and you can see them playing in their yard. And it's inspirational. It's beautiful. And so we created a hospitality team before anyone moved in, and we started training. We actually brought in catch and some others to train us, how do we reach out in a way that's not threatening? How do we welcome them and show hospitality to the people that are going to move in in ways that express love? And through that, we were able then to, again, bring casseroles, bring cards, uh, say we're so happy you're here. And so both of the families, although this is in no way a requirement, but they do attend. So they do come to church and we have gotten involved in their lives. And so it's breathed mission and excitement and life into this little congregation uh, in ways I had never dreamed. One of, one of my favorite phrases in, in churches is disciples making disciples. 
and it sounds like that's what you're doing. Yeah. So with every project, regardless of how well it's managed, I've, I've built a couple of homes in my lifetime. You know, there's always the good, the bad, and the ugly. So any words of wisdom as you've gone through this process, any words of wisdom you have for any pastor who might be considering joining, partnering with LEAP? Because there are, there are several churches in this valley who have ample property. Yes. So I think the, the first thing you should know is make an appointment. Bring them in. It's free. They'll come in and uh, look at your land. They'll look at the zoning. They'll figure out what seems feasible. And it doesn't cost the church a dime. They'll meet with your church board. LEAP will come in and talk to your congregation, answer questions. So it doesn't hurt to at least bring them in to see. I, I do want to challenge being Christian. The call is not to comfort or convenience. It's not to make my life safe and secure. It's we're here to risk for the sake of love. We're here to push ourselves uh, to sacrifice, to give, uh, even when it's uncomfortable or when it hurts, such that we might help transform lives through the love of God. And so housing is not the only way that can be done, but if you've got land that is being underused, there's got to be some way that God can use that to, to change the lives of others. But it does take a risk. It does take a step or a leap of faith. Um, but I do want to encourage um, churches to do that. Well, let's, let's be honest. Even a community garden could have been a risk. I'm, you know, because you could have somebody come in and till your ground and plant it and then walk away and you end up with this weedy mess. You know, yep. I've sat on church boards before too and had to look at going, uh, is that a wise use for that spot? And and who's going to maintain it after that person loses interest, if they lose interest or if they should, if they're older, if they pass away. So mm -hmm. yeah, I get that. So Bart, how does a church get involved? I mean, I, I love Joe's, Joe's comments, reach out, have coffee, make an appointment. So how does a church get involved? Yeah, I think it's just as Joe mentioned, we have we essentially provide technical assistance. So a church just simply reaches out to us. You can connect with us on our website. You can um it's a, probably the easiest way. And then you would invite us in, we would uh have a conversation to understand um what, you know, what you're think what you've been thinking about what might be any specifics you want to tell us about what's sacred, what's not sacred on the property. And then we do a feasibility analysis. We essentially go through and determine what you can and can't do with the property from a zoning and entitlement perspective. And then we also sort of integrate what do you think the church's uh, view of itself is, uh, whether it's what kind of mission are they up to, how do they see their themselves as an uh, expression, God's love in the community. And we try to integrate that uh, uniquely with uh, Collister. And then, you know, Catch was a really important part to their organization. So we were able to integrate Catch as a partner in that project. It's not the way it is on every project, but it we try to sort of make sure that at the end of the day, the finished product is reflective. So once we do the feasibility, we present that to the community and say, this is what we can do. It either works or it doesn't work. If it works, we suggest that we move forward. And then the church usually then goes through its normal decision-making process, which can be um, lengthy and multi-level. Um, each denomination, as we've learned, has its, its own uh, methodology of making those types of decisions. And then it's really up to the church at that point to take a step forward. But the whole beginning part of it, like Joe mentioned, is totally free. Um, we do this as, you know, we're a nonprofit, so we see ourselves as a public good. 
a church expressing its faith through the you know the language of housing is success to us we are we exist as a tool to help how housing happen in our community for the most vulnerable and so these are really a beautiful matchup of of how we do that now we kind of touched on this last month when you were here Mm -hmm. but you it's not just churches you work with either if 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 one of our listeners has a plot of ground that they're not using you would you would talk to them you would go through a very similar process with them absolutely yeah yep it's a it's a wide range i think um just a super quick back story that we did um when we said we we're going to create a thousand housing opportunities by 2026 we're going to need a lot of land to pull this off that's ambitious and, and i think it was uh it was very um like most people were able to say hey i think churches own a lot of excess land and people sort of shook their head and they said yeah I mean, i've seen an unused softball field or something like that and so we did the research and we actually calculated it out to look at all the excess land of about a hundred uh, about 150 churches across the treasure valley and we said how much land do they really own and uh the analysis told us that uh, churches owned um, almost 200 acres of excess land throughout the Treasure Valley. And to us, that was thousands of units of housing. So the untapped potential for the church is gigantic. But um, that's just scratching the surface. Within the church is many, many parishioners who have access to resources and land and so on and so forth, businesses and all sorts of other connections within the community. So if you really look at the total potential of the church to make a difference, or we, as we say, make a dent in the affordable housing crisis. It's giant. That's huge. So we've we've we have intimated about your website. So where can our listeners get more information? What is your website? Oh yes, thank you. I I should have mentioned that earlier, right? Uh, it's leaphousing.org is our website. So go to there. You'll see the uh, our contact page. Uh, make an inquiry. Let let us know that you want to reach out, and we'll 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 reach out and contact you and schedule a time to get together. And and poke around while you're there, folks, because there's so much information there. Whether you're looking to help Leap or whether you're looking for help, um, I know one of our one of our readers slash listeners reached out to me last week and thanked me for the articles in the current magazine and said, as a single father, your stories gave him hope and he had already applied he d- mm. because of the stories because of your transparency he'd already applied and he said for the first time i have hope so thank you for that that's fantastic um, megan i don't that. i don't want to leave out trinity lutheran <laughs> so how how do, how do people reach you sure they can find our website nampatrinity.org and read about our sometimes messy community garden and also our affordable housing <laughs> there i like that i need to come check out your community garden i didn't know anything about that see i missed that and joe how about you how can people get more information about um Collister united methodist and and your programs as well yep it's Collister united methodist.org and uh there's actually links to the to our housing project you can see some news articles pictures and then lots of other ministries and things that we're involved in you guys i i love that you, you said, you know, it's not a very big congregation, but you guys are busy. Yep. <laughs> you are busy. You're blessing people in your area. That's wonderful. So thank you so much. We have run out of time. It happens every week. If you'd like to read the story about Bart and his team at, at housing, at Leap Housing, excuse me, pick up your own copy of Christian Living Magazine in over 600 locations throughout all of Southern Idaho. Or if you're out of the area, you can read us online at christianlivingmag.com. I hope you'll join us again next week, folks, when we have another guest 
in store for you who will fill you with hope and inspiration. And until next time, God bless. This has been Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine, where it's our desire to deliver faith, hope, encouragement, and perhaps a new perspective about God's love to our listeners and readers as we showcase the hands and feet of Christ at work in our community and beyond. For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout Central and all of Southern Idaho. Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867, Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week.